The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, good evening, everybody. It's the boys from at Notebook Wagering here. We're going to give you guys a little shot in the arm tonight with some Pac-12 breakdown. Get to use some of our best bets, some sleepers. Kaminsky will hit us with some trends. Before we kick off, though, I'm going to give out a little shout out to these two guys. Uh, If anybody's listening or been following along on Twitter, Smitty is on fire with his preseason NFL picks. Tune in to that. He's absolutely killing it. And if anybody wants to just get him a quick peek, look at the unders. Unders are hot. And I'm also going to give a shout out to J-Cam because Nigel Seeley, the soccer great, has nothing on this guy. Check out his soccer plays. He is out to a nice tear with the uh, Europe leagues opening back up, Premier Leagues, all that. He's off and running. Me, still looking at more futures. We'll cover that here. What do you guys say? Oh, it's time to cover the Pac-12. This is your late-night get-right conference. Uh, I probably watch this league as much as anybody just because it's on whenever the kids have gone to bed and uh, everybody's out, and I can actually enjoy the games myself. So looking forward to going through a lot of interesting teams out here, even though the league kind of gets beat up a little bit when it talks to playoff time. Yeah, thank you for the kind words there, Matty. I appreciate it. Yeah, on fire right now, like I said, There's always a lean. There's always a chance to win money. A game's a game. Money is money. Find the trend. Find the angle, and you can win it. And right now, I'm on fire in the preseason, so check it out. I stayed off the game today, but I'm excited to get into the Pac-12 with you guys. So let's get after it. I'm going to give one little quick shot. I'm 3-3 and on the NFL preseason. Thank you to the Steelers and a huge, big, Crap ass sandwich to one Dan Campbell for learning your clock management from your OC burns just burns. I hope you Detroit fans are in for a long year. I hope you didn't bet the over because if that clown show goes on, that under's a lock. All right, ran over. Let's start it up. We're let's go to the. We'll jump. So our little consensus is we believe the Pac-10 South is a little more interesting. Sorry, Pac-10 North people, but we're gonna hit the Pac-10 North out of the gate so let's start out we'll go with the consensus bottom of the barrel oregon state beavers team total over four and a half games i really don't have much on these guys i'm gonna we're gonna try to keep this show a little shorter and breeze through stuff uh let's see the beavers over under four and a half i think this is actually an underplay, as scary as that seems. I believe that I have these guys at four and eight, and the end of their schedule is really, really tough. They have a surprise Colorado team, then Stanford, Arizona State on the road at Oregon. You sprinkle in California and then Utah in that back half of the schedule. I think after their bye week, they they might win one game. Give me an o- under four wins on these guys. 
Yeah, it's a tough times in Oregon State. Uh, they lost their best player, obviously, Jamar Jefferson, who went to the NFL. He had a phenomenal uh, year last year running the ball for them. Um, I think the offense will be okay. Um, I, I actually also think that their leading rusher will be their quarterback. They're pretty loaded in the quarterback room, but only one of the guys really throws the ball, and that's Jebbia, and he'll be the starter. Uh, you look at the rest of the roster, it's not a bad offense. The defense is atrocious. Uh, they gave up tons of yards last year. There's really nothing coming through the pipeline that's going to make it look like it's going to be any better. Four and a half sounds a little high. I agree. I probably would lean under. It's a no play for me. Obviously, they're opening with that juggernaut Purdue, um, which is tough. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think Oregon State, they'll probably be the bottom of this league. I think they're they're going to be much better than the bottom on the other side. But, yeah, it, they're definitely going to be uh, bottom at the end of the year. Smitty? Yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with you guys. You know, they, they do return uh, 18 guys. So they do have nine on offense, nine on defense coming back. Their offense has improved over the last couple of years and under this, this new coach. So I agree with Jason quarterback play is he's not bad, not bad. Uh, Offensive line returns all five defense really needs to improve on what I looked at. I only had them favored in two games, so I'm going to give them three. So I'm taking the under with the Beavers. I think it's, I think it's a tough, tough schedule. So I'm leaning under. Yeah. In the, in the power charts for the the preseason Pac-12 teams they don't have a guy on until the second team and that's a linebacker and that's it so they're really devout of supreme talent now they might gel as a team but that's asking a lot they have a tough schedule uh even their non-conference games I mean starting out at Purdue is rough they grab Hawaii at home Idaho just in general though they they got the meat grinder of they got the talent on both sides here. They're they're going to be hard pressed to get it over four and a half. So, yeah, they have the three best teams from the south coming to play yeah. in Corvallis, which you know th- that basically takes away winnable home games. So it's really going to hurt them on a record perspective. All right, we'll jump. We'll keep this rolling quick tonight with these bottom bottom dwellers in our opinion. So let's go to the fifth team in the north. Let's go to the Cal Bears. Oh, man. Another rough schedule. Uh, They actually draw Nevada out of the gate. Then they draw uh, at home against TCU. That's not an an easy game. Sacramento State, there's a nice easy win. So the Vegas over-under on these guys is actually six. But, again, with this tough schedule that they're drawing from the other side, I think this is another pretty easy underplay. I think this is a five and seven squad. They're returning... 28 of 33 guys who actually played like made starts last year. So that's not really starters. So they do have a decent building block, but the the biggest strength of this team is the back end of the defense. The back seven is actually pretty good, but this, I mean, the guy I'm looking at has these guys arrow pointing up and I can't argue that, but I don't think they can get the bowl eligibility. I'm going to play the under, I'm going to go five and seven on the Cal bears. Yeah, I'm, I actually am a little softer. I think it'll probably be a struggle to get to five this year. Um, you hit on a lot of the things. You know, this team's actually not bad anywhere, but it's also just not very good anywhere. Um, and they're probably just going to get run over by a pretty tough schedule. Um, but like you mentioned, non-conference, probably two losses there. And then they go to Washington, to Oregon. 
uh, to Stanford, to UCLA. So they really just, you know, that those are going to be easy losses. You know, basically what they need to do is the special teams need to improve, take away some of the hidden yardage. They had uh, their defense had the worst starting field position uh, of anyone in 2020. And it doesn't help because the offense really can't carry them. So, you know, they'll probably get someone because, like I said, they're not a horrible team. Um, I don't know who that'll be. Maybe Stanford, maybe UCLA, the last game of the year. But um, you're looking at a team that's probably going to have to shock somebody to be bull eligible. Yeah, they got first week, September 4th. That's a big one. Nevada, a lot of people are high on them. Skippy from Big Fat Winners that just joined us last week discussing the Mac is extremely high. He likes Nevada. That's a big game. Is that at TCU? That's going to be hard. So again, quarterback's good. Chase Garber's good. You know, look at his numbers overall, really good. Um, the running back Brown Jr. really needs to stay healthy. Big key with them, wide receivers just have not been able really to stretch the field. Uh, offensive line, okay depth. I don't have a problem with them. Defense has been really good over the last couple of years. Now they did. Brett Johnson was in a car accident. He's out for the season. That was a big loss for him. You know, I had, I think Matt said it, he's looking at six. I even saw it at six and a half. They're favored in six games. So they're kind of like right there. I had them also at five. I gave them five wins. So this again is another underplay for me to start off with the Pac-12 teams. I love it. Interesting, interesting tidbit, Sacramento State week three. They are 0-3 ATS the last three times they've played a one or FCS school. So Maybe a bit of a trap spot there. Take the points with the Hornets against the <laughs> Bears there. Great tidbit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just said that also because I know Sacramento State's nickname. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know the Hornets. <laughs> good, good pull there, Bear Jr. <laughs> All right. Let's keep rolling. I'm going to go uh, number four team in the North, the Washington State Cougars. And this is going to be my surprise squad out of the North. I actually see their Vegas uh, over under is six. I'm actually going to go lean seven and five on these guys. And here's why. So they're, they're two, two of the three offensive base skill positions. They have a top flight wide receiver in bell and the running back is Max Borgi. Not even sure I'm pronouncing that right, but we do fantasy football for college. I know that sounds strange, but this guy produces and produces and produces, and he's going to do it again. This team is actually highly underrated across the board. They check off a lot of buckets. So the skill positions, they are fourth, fifth, third on offense. The problem is, are they going to be able to outscore anybody and everybody because their defense ranks in the bottom quadrant of everything except the D-line? So it's going to look for shootouts. I'm going to start looking at team total over on these guys, even games over. This is an interesting, it should be a fun squad to really watch. So I'm actually going to, I think on paper, they should get the seven wins. They should get one sneaky win in there somewhere. And I'm going to look at the over on the Washington State Cougars. Yeah, no, the offense is definitely not going to be a problem. Uh, they actually get an, a full training camp now to convert. It sounds weird to convert from the air raid to the run and shoot, but they are different schemes, um, different, definitely up front. They ran the ball decent last year, so they balanced out the offense, which they weren't balanced under Leach. It was all air all the time. The defense, still atrocious as it was under Leach. Uh, doesn't look like there's a lot of help coming in that direction. 
So yeah, they're going to have to put a lot of points up because they're going to give up a lot of points, a lot of yards. Uh, but I, I like the coach did well at Hawaii. I think the biggest question mark with them on taking an over is who's the quarterback. The uh, Laura played really well for them last year as a freshman. He's a run and shoot guy from the islands, but he has some off the field issues, I believe. So I'm not sure if he's going to be the starter. So it might be Jarrett Guarantano from Tennessee who transferred in. I'm not a fan of his at all. I uh, did not enjoy his work uh, when he was a vol. So that, that would be my only question mark with the offense. Uh, that's a big difference in scheme too, you know, from Tennessee to the run and shoot. Um, you know, defense, I think they just have to pick a pick a style, t- try to take away one runner pass and go for there because it, it, they're not going to be able to stop both. Um, you know, the four road games, Utah, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington, those are losses. Those are the four best teams in this league. So, you know, the, the home schedule might be good to them. So they actually might be – I think they're bull eligible, uh, but not much beyond that. Yeah, I agree with what Jason just said there. You know, the quarterback's a question mark. I, you know, I, I'll be very honest. I didn't sit and watch a lot of Washington State games last year. So, you know, year two, I, I like the coach, came from Hawaii, like Jason said. I, I think he's a good coach. They went from, a, I think, a really great coach to a pretty good coach. Uh, like Matt said, the running backs, I think he's very good. I think he's a stud, can do a lot of things. You know, the thing is, the defense gave up about 40 points. And they're probably not going to improve much. So can they score? Yeah, I think they can. You know, Matt said about Vegas has them about six. They're favored in four that I'm looking at. Man, this sounds like a broken record for me tonight, but I got them at five wins. So I'm taking another under with our third team in the Pac-12. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the schedule real quick. In my opinion, Utah State win. Portland State win. Cal win. Oregon State win. BYU, Stanford, give me one of those two. That puts them at five. I think they can get Arizona late. Then they need one upset in there. I think they can they can potentially beat one more squad in there. It's going to be tough. In all actuality, if I look at this and I'm just logging in and checking out, it'd probably be a no play. The six number actually looks right. But from my standpoint, breaking them down, I think they get one more in there, and I think they get to the seven. Yeah, because if you look, you know, the they have a nice stretch there in October, the 9th, the 16th, 23rd. There are three home games, Oregon State, Stanford, BYU. I agree with you. They should get Oregon State. Stanford, I'm a little higher. I mean, I'm not real high on Stanford, but I but that's a really that's a close line. That's a game. I yeah, I mean, I can see it, Matt. I mean, I really can. I, I just I'm gonna stick with my five. They go, they get five wins. Yeah. Stanford comes down to do they get do they run over Washington State or does Washington State get points early turn it into a shootout because Stanford can't win a shootout. Uh, we'll get into them next, but yep. you know they're not built that way, and that's Washington State's going to have to play crazy up tempo, and not all these teams are, are quite quick score capable as we'll go through. So that's really their best way to win. So yeah, I could you know if they win, if they sweep that stretch from the ninth to the twenty third, they're going to have seven wins and they will go over. Yeah, I mean, and you look at it. They they open the first three weeks at home. They do, and then they and that that stretch I just said. There's another three. I mean, so that's nice. Like three straight weeks at home in two settings in your schedule. That's really nice. That plays out well for them. So we'll see. Perfect segue into uh, the number three ranked team out of the north, the Stanford Cardinal, and the Fighting David Shaw's eleventh year here. Surprised by that, actually. I I figured he may have moved on by now to a better gig but he must have it pretty good there. I actually, so 
I, when I did my homework on this, I don't know if this is incorrect or not. I'm going to have one of you guys Google this while I'm on here. But I saw the Stanford win total at four, and I almost jumped out of my seat. That's what I have. And I, four. That's what I have, too. In Vegas, correct? This is the uh, easiest – this is the easiest play, in my opinion, that we've covered so far. I don't see how this team doesn't get to six wins. They have 14 returning starters. They probably have the best coach in the Pac-12, in my opinion, although albeit he has some goofs and gaffes just like everybody else. Their schedule shapes up okay. They have Kansas State in the opener. Should be a win, although the the – Fighting Bill Snyder's are always scrappy. At USC is probably a loss. Vandy, win. They're probably going to take some tough lumps at UCLA and Oregon. Arizona State's a tough game. Washington State's a tough game. Another Washington, Utah. But they, uh, they end up with Oregon State, Cal. There's four wins out of Oregon State, Cal, Kansas State, Vandy. They have to be able to get one more win in there. I only have them at six and six. I gave them an extra bonus win in there. I think they can get UCLA or Arizona State, even Washington State, to get them to six. Now that's probably the ceiling for me, but I don't, I don't see how they don't beat four. I'll let you guys try to talk me off my bet. So no, so I'm with you. Um, Kansas State, I think that's a loss or that's a win actually. I think because that's a, that's a tough matchup. Vanderbilt should be a win. But you're going to Tennessee though, but it seems like the Pac-12 teams travel pretty well. Um, at Washington State's coin flip game, Cal is probably a coin flip game. The rest of the schedule, I think, is really hard. Um, I mean, you got Notre Dame's on there. You got home. All the home games are against the teams that are really tough in the league, and then you know the road games are against the teams that you might be able to win against. So anytime you go on the road in college football, it turns into a crapshoot. Um, I think the biggest question is they just have so much uncertainty at quarterback. Um, you know, highly recruited guys that just really haven't played all that much. Uh, so, and it sounded like they're kind of going back to the way they used to play almost like, you know, kind of where they were lining up with three tight ends and two backs and they're just pounding people. Basically they kind of have to, to protect the defense, which is, you know, run defense was awful last year. And in this league was really weird. This isn't the PAC 12 we grew up with, you know, this league, almost all these offenses are run first and have really good running games. It's not a passing league anymore. So if you can't defend the run, you're going to have some struggles. Um, yeah, I think the schedule is hard. The offensive line is always good there. Um, Shaw's a good coach. It seems like these smart kid schools, these coaches never want to leave, so they must have a pretty good setup. This journal is probably the other one I'm referencing there. Um, they always play close games, too. I think last year, what, they, they lost one by three and then all four by five or less, and they only really got rolled by Oregon. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised if they go over four just because David Shaw's pedigree and the fact that they had – now, they probably recruit just under Oregon and Washington and um, USC. They're probably that next tier of talent. Um, I guess those guys just need to kind of show themselves, and we need to learn who they are. Um, I could easily see them being right on four. I know it's crazy because I don't think this is really that bad of a football team. But that's a brutal schedule, in my opinion. Well, I think what you said about the home games, they are – I mean, you look at the home games, I agree with you, Jason, very tough overall. But – where would you want to play those games at home? So like Matt said, could you maybe steal one of those games? Yeah, I think they could. I'm with Matt on this team a little bit. 
I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go get eight wins here, but I was a little surprised too, Matt, when I saw the four win total here at Vegas. I agree with Jason. Quarterback, question mark. Austin Jones, a running back, should get a ton of carries. Lost a little bit at wide receiver. Defense, like Jason hit it on very well, not that good. It's just not, you would think Stanford would be bringing a pretty good defense and they just don't really have that right now. Again, the big game, first week, Kansas State at Kansas State, plus two. Can they steal that one? I have them at favorite of four games. So right there again, they're right on the number. I have them getting five. Not a big over, not to, but I like the over, and this is my first over play here in the Pac-12. So I'm saying take the five. They're going to go over by one game and take the over here with Stanford. I don't disagree with anything you guys say. I think the quarterback is a little more intriguing to me because I think I don't know if they're going to do this. I think they should do this. I think they should run two two QBs. They should get let the freshman play, but they should let the Air Force transfer kid go as well and maybe try to confuse defenses coming in and go with a one-two punch. Will they do it? I don't know. We'll see how good Shaw is. He definitely has the talent to to get over four. I mean, I don't like Smitty said, I don't think this is an eight-win team. I don't even think it's a seven-win team. Six is the ceiling for me, but I don't see how they don't get over four wins. Unless I'm off by rocker and I got to go back and do more research, but maybe Vegas knows something we don't. All right, let's go. Oh, go ahead, bud. No, they, it's, it's funny. When you look at the other bad teams in Pac-12, you look at the recruiting numbers next to the names, and they're high numbers, right? You look at Stanford and the guys that we don't know yet on their teams, they have, you know, the bold font numbers. These are good recruited kids. So that's why that four is probably a good – playing the over on the four is probably pretty good because we just don't know how good they are. But these kids are talented. Other schools wanted them, and they chose to go to Stanford. So there's definitely a pedigree to them that's not there with some of the other bottom teams in the Pac-12. So – I could see them getting to eight with some luck. Like they, they have that potential, especially because both of the quarterbacks are highly recruited. It's just, you know, making all the pieces kind of fit together. All right, let's get to the powerhouses. Uh, Pac-10 North, number two seed, Oregon Ducks. Mario Cristobal here for his fourth year. Always, always going to be solid here. Now, Vegas has these guys at nine. That's a pretty high number. So I'll, I'll roll through the schedule real quick. Fresno State win. Ohio State loss. Stony Brook next. Just that's a win. Arizona win. I think they'll probably get Stanford at home. Give them a win. So that's four and one out of the gate. Cal five and one. UCLA, I'm going to give that a coin flip on the road. Let's just say it's five and two. Colorado, six and two. Washington, give me a loss. Give me six and three. Washington State win seven. I think they're going to lose at Utah. I have these guys eight and four. I know it's a tough under to play, especially because this is a, a team that has now garnered nationwide interest, especially with all their uniforms and their success recently. They return a lot of good players. They have 16 coming back. Schedule's hard, not as difficult as Stanford's, in my opinion, and Jason's breakdown of that. But I'm going to play an under on these guys. I'm going to go eight and four on the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, no, this is a very talented team. I did probably the only unit where you really scratch your head about is the quarterback position. Um, you know, it, I see a problem there. I know 
that uh, Brown was solid at Boston College, but this is like a different ask. You know, this isn't, you know, let's get us to seven wins. This is a team that is loaded everywhere else that, you know, basically, you know, with those games on the road that you mentioned at UCLA, at Washington, at Utah, you know, that's their season. If they can somehow split those or go two and one, you know, they're going to be in the conversation for the playoff. They won't get into it, but it's going to help whatever other team of the Pac-12 has that Cinderella season to kind of get into there. Like they'll be the quality opponent. Um, yeah, I see them going six and one out of the gate. And it really comes down to whether Brown can play well in big games. Um, you know, running backs are there. Wide receivers are there. The line's going to be good. You know, the defense was pretty good last year. It can get better. I'm not a big fan of Cristobal as a X and O game coach. I, you know, I think he's a good program builder. He's clearly done that here. He's got the recruiting back on pace, probably even better recruiter than Chip Kelly because he's not paying people in Houston to get recruits. Um, so the schedule is tough because all the good teams are on the road and that turns those games into coin flips. If they were at home, I think you could definitely go easily over nine, probably more, be more like nine and a half on the over under. So um, they're definitely, it's going to be them in Washington out of the North and barring some kind of unexpected circumstance and, it's really their season comes down to those three games and they have some nice, easy opponents in between them. They don't see them in a row. So I could definitely see them potentially winning them all. They probably won't, but they could. Yeah. You guys said it again. I mean, going third here, sometimes I said it a couple shows ago, it's pretty easy sometimes here. I mean, I'm just, I'm checking off the notes, you guys going through what I have not to repeat, but I mean, my question mark was the quarterback and Jason just said it. I mean, that's that's the big thing there. The running backs are deep. The wide receivers are good. They have good size. They have nice speed. Offensive lines back. The defensive line. Um, no, I didn't write them down. Um, one of their highly uh, ranked uh, recruits back in the day is probably one of the best pass rushers in football. Um, you know, they got some their schedule again. Kind of some tough games here a little bit. I had them right on their favorite in 11. And I think, Maddie, you said nine, correct? Yes. I had nine, them. nine is the over-under. Okay, I got them right at nine, so this is a push for me. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the, the under at eight and four. There was an interesting stat. So they were one of the best turnover teams last year. I think they were plus 16 per uh, – numerical breakdown they should not be able to repeat that this year should not be as high i think there's a i think there's a, a toe stub in there somewhere that's why i have them at the eight and four yeah i mean they got gashed against good running teams last year and there's a bunch of good running teams in this league so there could be a night where they just don't show up um you know you have the friday night game at cal that could be one of those because that's who it's going to be it's not going to be one of the name schools right it's going to be oregon in their history when they've slipped up it's been against that middle tier um, so that definitely could happen. If you can't stop the run, you're always suspect to get upset. And Jason, you said it well. I have it in my notes. I, I'm not sold on the coach. And I said time management problems. Absolutely. So I had that down too. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he's doing a great job recruiting, get bringing guys in the talent. I mean, it's not hard. They have great facilities. They have 96 bazillion different uniforms. What kid doesn't want to go and have a different uniform each week? And, you know, they pack the place. It's a great environment for college football, but some of those tight games, I'd be a little worried with him as the coach. Well, so Joe Moorhead is the offensive coordinator there. He was, you know, we're familiar with him from Penn state. You know, that scheme can be awesome at times 
but there's a lot of variance. It, it sometimes it struggles to put drives together, even when, especially at the end of the games, when you need that four minute drive, you don't need points. You just need to eat clock. You know, it's a big play offense. And sometimes when, when you have those games, you can let people in the back door when you just kind of go three and out when you don't, when you can't go three and out. Right. And they shouldn't have that problem, but I think that's just a scheme flaw that with Moorhead's scheme. Um, so yeah, between those two things, Chris Ball's time management, the offense is kind of a big strike offense. Um, that, that definitely opens the opportunity for an upset. Great segue, but I'll, I want to request something. Anytime you guys bring up time management, just say they're going to get Campbell. <laughs> hey, that game, that hurt me too. That hurt yeah. me. I hit I'm him the second half, but it hurt you, me for the game too on Friday if you, night. <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm just a little bitter. All right, let's go to the number one squad in the North. Washington Huskies. Vegas line over under nine wins. This team has 18 returning starters. Jimmy Lake is back for a second year. He has what I'm going to say is probably the best team in the trenches here from basically the O-line, D-line, and linebackers. So that's going to make them tough no matter what. And I see the trend here with the North is we've been questioning the quarterbacks basically on every team. And here's another one we're going to have to question on. I think it could be their, their block. I personally have these guys at nine and three on the number. This is going to be a no play for me, but we talked off the show. I actually like this team and I've always liked it. I have had a little soft spot for them. I'll go through the schedule real quick. They start out with Montana on the road, huge game at Michigan, Arkansas state, California, Oregon state at worst, they're going to be four and one out of the gate. Then they get the pac 10 bullies or the biggies. They get a UCLA at home. Arizona on the road should be an easy win. The toughest road game that they might have other than Michigan is down to the farm, which we brought up a couple teams ago. It's going to be a, a tricky one. One of these teams is going to stumble on the road. Then they have Oregon at home, Arizona State at home, which is their main competition over there. Road game against Colorado, Washington State. I'm still – I can't be talked off – I all right, I, I lie. I can't be talked off nine and three. And if I would, I'd go over, but I'm going to stick. No play. Give me Washington at nine and three this year. Nine and three sounds right. Uh, they, they have that tough back-to-back with Oregon and Arizona State at the beginning of November. That's really going to be their season uh, in a nutshell. And it'll be interesting if those last two games, if somehow they lose both to Oregon and Arizona State, whether they drop one against at Colorado or Washington State at home just because the letdown, because they're going to pretty much have everything there waiting for them at that point. Uh, Michigan game is interesting because you get that nice cross-sectional matchup early. I know Michigan, you know, not a lot expected of them. We're, we're seeing them as an eight, nine win team, right? But that's still a high profile game. That's going to put Washington on the map. Uh, they really kind of need to win that game for their conference uh, to kind of get the Pac-12 some respect. They have a ton of out-of-conference games that weekend against really good teams and they kind of need to, to show something. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of talent here. The head coach kind of a little unproven. Um, this is his second year. He was the DC here when uh, Peterson was coaching, you know, the defense didn't play well last year, but you can't tell because they were so in and out with COVID they had games getting rescheduled and moved around all the time. And I think they only ended up playing four altogether. Um, the pieces are there. Now they need to get back to the defense they had in 2018, which was Lake's defense. And it, because the offense is, it's not great. It's pretty good. Um, you know, there's the good on the line. He's basically building what he wants, which is run that ball down people's throats and play defense. 
the quarterback had a pretty good year last year. He's still a little improving because it was only four games worth, but the numbers aren't horrible. And uh, I, I see potential here. It's really that two games. I think they'll get through it with maybe be, they're probably coming to that game undefeated if everything goes right. If they can get past UCLA on the 16th, who they also get at home. So all the big games for them are at home, which really sets up nicely. I can see them going over nine if things click and probably being right on nine if things don't. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what Matty said there on what he's looking at. I'm looking at eight and a half for the win total. Did you say that, Matt, or did you have him at nine? I have him at nine. Okay, nine. nine. Okay, I'm seeing eight and a half. So you check whatever book you're going to do there. Eight and a half. I think that's a that's a solid play to go over. I, I, I man, I'd love to get an eight and a half because I agree with you guys. I have him at nine wins. So it was going to be, you know, you get him at nine, it's a push, eight and a half, it's a winner there. You know, quarterback Morris is, you know, not a bad quarterback. They brought a good five-star kid in um, that's going to compete too. Like Matt said, the offensive line is stacked. Uh, Defensively, I think they're going to be fine. I like how their schedule plays out. You know, can everything click on offense with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers? That's that's a key thing for me there. Um, You know, their favorite, I, I have them favorite looking at some stuff in 10 games. So I like them getting nine. Now I said that with Oregon too, but I think they beat Oregon at home. So I have Washington going to win the side of the PAC 12 and they're going to win the North. So I like Washington. If you can get at eight and a half, what you heard, just heard from us, man, jump on that tonight and take, get, take the over. I might even, I might do that right away after uh, the show here. If I can get them at eight and a half, I might jump on that. Plus 350 to win the Pac-12, plus 100 to win the North. Now, a big loss we didn't mention, uh, they lost their best pass rusher, who's a really good pass rusher for them, uh, Tupuolo Fatui. So he had seven of their 10 sacks in the four-game season last year. So that's going to be a question mark. Can they get pressure uh, up front? Defensive line is huge. They've got talent behind it. They should be able to find someone who at least fills in somewhat. Um, and guess what, Jason? You just won the job on the show to pronounce those names all year. So great job there. I love the Polynesian names. I think they're easy. I think the other names are the ones where you kind of scratch your head. But and, and Washington has a ton of Polynesian names. They have definitely done a really good job on the West Coast of uh, finding those guys. Yeah, they, so they did bring in a, a transfer from Oklahoma to, to replace uh, Fatui. Uh, Brendan Radley Howes from Oklahoma. So they should still be okay, really, on getting pressure on the ball. Um, yes, Minnie, you you killed it, though, with the eight and a half. If you can find eight and a half at a decent number, I would assume that's probably going to be minus 137, somewhere around there probably. But I think that's still a really solid bet to go. All right, here we go. Pac-10 South, which we find a little more intriguing and interesting. But we're going to go quick out of the gate because the bottom dwelling team, the Arizona Wildcats, I'm going to sum it up as Kevin Sumlin fired. Last game, 70 to 7 loss. Brand new coach. They have 17 returning starters. But when you get a new coach in, you're probably going to can a bunch of these kids. And when you're going to want your kids in there, who you think is better than these other kids, Vegas over under is two and a half. And I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I'm going under. I'm going two wins, two and 10 for a normally really proud Arizona Wildcat football team who's always been solid, in my opinion. I think this is a, a big, big rebuild for poor Jed Fish. Under two and a half. <laughs> it's, it's hard to argue it. That's crazy. Uh, 
Yeah, BYU and San Diego State is the uh, two of the non-conference games. Those teams will be solid. Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks are really the only game where you can see them winning. I don't know where they're at in the FCS. I probably should research them a little more, but um, this is one of those teams that that's gonna, that's not going to be an easy game for them either. Uh, the best thing that probably happened to this program was getting just absolutely stomped by Arizona State because it basically got all the excuses away from someone and it got them a chance to basically start over. Um, they get Jed Fish, who's been coached pretty much everywhere between college and the NFL. Um, he did a nice job. He kind of reconnected with Arizona's past, brought in a lot of the old guys like Teddy Bruschi and Gronkowski uh, to like kind of lean on the tradition like you mentioned they've had. They've never been a bad team. Even when they're bad, you know, they're 6-6 six and six bad. They're, this is like 0-12 bad this year. Um, there's no one really even to talk about. It was 40 points a game on defense, 17 points scored on offense. Uh it's going to be uh, tough times in Tucson. They still have the nice weather. They still have a fun school. They'll get to lean on that this year and hopefully cover some big lines late in the year. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I kind of agree with you guys here. Uh, they're favored in one game this year. I, so Vegas, two and a half. I'm going to – I think maybe they can steal one more. You know, quarterback play, they brought in a couple guys, uh, some transfers in. Running back depth is not bad. Um, offensive line has a couple guys back. But, I, you know, I have it in my notes, too. Jason touched on it. Man, they got whipped against Arizona State. And, I mean, that was embarrassing. <laughs> and eight, I think it's, I think they're on an 18-game losing streak right now. I, I couldn't stand the hire um, of someone in there. You know, they had a quarterback. I can't remember because like Matt said earlier in the show, we do a fantasy. I'm, we're in, I think, in, I'm in two leagues. And I can't remember the guy that was a quarterback there. And under Rich Rod, he was unbelievable. And then Sumlin showed up and he was just a dumpster wow. fire. I can't remember his name. It was like two years ago when that happened. But the guy just didn't run anymore, didn't do anything like in that Rich Rod offense. So they set themselves up for this mess right now with Sumlin. But I'm, I'm going, give me two wins. So I'm taking the under with Arizona. Smitty, Khalil Tate was the quarterback. Tate, yes, thank you very yeah. much. Great was dual super threat guy. Try to make him a passer. It was just brutal. Yep, absolutely. Uh, people, I, don't want to spend, I don't want to spend any more time on these guys except one thing. Smitty, they, were they favored against Northern Arizona? Was the only team? Yes, yes. What, what's the line there? Um. I just lost it. I'm sorry. If you want to continue and I can just bring it up in conversation here, let me sure. have it. Hey, we'll real jump. quick, Matt, I, I don't want to jump back to it, but I was just one of the books I was just looking at that I kind of play sometimes. They do have Washington at eight and a half over uh, is minus one thirty. We might have we might have to talk off there. So I was close on the the minus too. So okay, Matt, I'm sorry. I, as we were talking here, I got it back up. They are uh, favorite Northern Iowa right now. And this is off a VEASAN thing that I'm looking at right now, minus 12. And that was Ooh. their only game that they are favorite. They are minus 12. Thank you. Might, might keep that in, in play come week three. All right, let's jump to the number five team. I'm actually going to give this team a solid arrow up. I think this could be a little bit of a spoiler squad. Now, it's not, they're not in my upper echelon here. Was the Colorado Buffaloes over under four and a half win totals, 16 returning starters. They have some surprise talent. They're still really young. Um, LaVisca Chenault's younger brother is one of their wide receivers. Really good there. Their schedule shapes up 
okay. They have uh, two really, three really tough road games with Arizona State on the road, UCLA on the road, the final game, Utah on the road. But I think they can steal a couple early. Uh, Northern Colorado looks like a win. Loss against Texas A&M. I think they could beat Minnesota at home, maybe steal one here. I don't think they're going to go under four and a half, but that's a tough number to get over. I have them at five and seven. This will probably be a no play for me, but I really like these guys to be a spoiler this year. More so a spoiler when it comes to betting, I think, and I think this is a team I'll look at to, to cover a lot. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's kind of how they set up this year. They're good on the lines. Actually, a lot of their position units aren't bad. The linebackers are actually really good. Uh, the, the running back and wide receiver positions aren't bad either. The line's not bad. I, like The one thing they don't have is a quarterback. We kind of hit on it a little earlier with some of these other teams. Uh, they got JT Shrout listed as a starter as a transfer from Tennessee. Um, I'm not sure what happened with Sam Neuer. I thought he did a really nice job for them last year. You know, not an exceptional quarterback, but, you know, they kind of stole some wins the beginning of the year. I think they started off four and oh, they basically played three bad halves and it was the three halves at the end of the year, right? They got completely stomped by Texas and then the second half against Utah, but up to that, they were a really good football team. Um, you know, and nothing really flashy, just kind of grinded out wins. Um, I kind of see them being that team this year without maybe the kind of the luck that they had. Uh, I have them right at four and a half. I think basically the Minnesota game at home, non-conference is going to determine whether they go over or not. Um, you know, they match up fairly well with Minnesota. I think they can handle the run there. Um, the linebackers, you know, Minnesota is going to be a run heavy team, so they could be okay, but um, kind of a brutal stretch where they get Arizona state and USC back to back after Minnesota. And then they have a stretch where they go Oregon, Oregon state, UCLA, Washington, Utah to finish out the year. That could be pretty rough. That's probably going to be four out of five losses. So they might look a little better uh, mid season than they end up. Uh, if they can find a solution at quarterback and take advantage of all the rest of the position units, which are actually fairly solid, they could definitely go well over the four and a half. This could be like a seven win team uh, with some luck, but that's really the biggest question. There's nobody really in that quarterback room that makes you stand out and say, Oh, he's going to be fine. Like there's no highly recruited kid behind these guys. that's really going to could, you know, blossom and turn into something good. Yeah. This, this is a team that surprised a lot of people because a lot of people last year did not have them very high and they really came out of the gates. Well, I think they were four, they started four and oh quarterback. I agree with Jason out Neuer. I, I had what I, what I've read that uh, he could be, should be the starter. Now I know you said the Tennessee transfer in Neuer what, did play defense one year. Now they brought him back to the position. I think a year ago, uh, Broussard's a good running back. Uh, three out of four guys are coming back on wide receiver. I think it's a, I agree with you guys. I think it's a team that is headed in the right direction. And I, I think what Matt said made a lot of sense about keep an eye on this team to maybe cover the spread, I'm not saying going to win the game, but maybe to cover the spread, especially, or especially if you're a teaser King kind of person, like I am, you can maybe slide that in there a little bit. Um, Vegas, you know, again, four and a half, what I'm looking at, their favorite in four. I I think it was Jason that said the Minnesota game's a big game, uh, September 18th. I mean, I'm looking at right now. That's more or less as a pick 'em off a. You know, again, it hasn't moved. It could have. I'm going off some older things here, but more or less a pick 'em. That's a big game for them. I only have them at three. Could they get four? I think they could get four. Could would I be shocked if they even get to five? No, not at all. Because I think like. Matt said, I think they're going to compete 
they're in the right direction. You give this team maybe another year, I think they're gonna they're gonna be something, and they're gonna be right back in the thick of things. Yeah. So, awesome. quick correction: Neuer is actually at Oregon State now. He transferred out. Wow, I missed that. Yeah. So that's that's the bit. That happened late. Uh, I think he actually had shoulder shoulder surgery. That's per Phil still. And um, they also lost another quarterback who was in the room. I think Tyler Lytle, who was a decent recruit. So. Yeah, they've had some flux there. And if you remember last year, they came in and really didn't know what their solution was going to be a quarterback. And it's like I said, Neuer ended up being the solution. And um, yeah, when you watch the bowl game against Texas, they didn't have a lot of answers on offense. It was pretty clear Texas had a good book on them and Colorado could do nothing. I'm a little concerned that this year that teams are going to have that scheme figured out and that, you know, they're just really going to try to take away the run. Um because they're just going to make them beat them through the air. The receivers so are more or less looking at Jason JT Shrouds probably should be the starter. Yeah, yes. that's what it looks like, and he's got to play. That's, that's really if they you know if they get good quarterback play, it's like I think this could be a surprise. They're a solid team otherwise. And you know, and, and not to jump conferences here, but I mean, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because again, I have not heard that. I dove into this team. I've looked at some different things. I did not hear anything of that. And just before we came on the air. Uh, we did the SEC a couple weeks ago, and I saw Kentucky had the same situation. The old Penn State kid won the job, and the other kid uh, just transferred. He just went and transferred uh, portal. So, you know, again, things like this can still happen here when we're getting a little closer to the season here that some of these guys might lose a job and can, what we've talked about, and they could be out of there. So we'll have to see. Perfect. Let's segue to the fourth-ranked team in the South. Now, this to me is a coin flip. Uh, some people have Arizona State here. Some people have Utah here. Some people have UCLA here. I'm going to actually go UCLA only because the Vegas over-under on Arizona State's way different. So let's go UCLA. Vegas over-under of seven wins. The fighting Chip Kelly's back for his fourth year, and I think he's got 20 returning starters, 10 on each side of the ball. The problem here is I really do like this squad. I love the quarterback of Dorian Thompson Robinson, but they have the hardest schedule in the Pac-12 this year, and I believe it might be the 13th hardest overall. Now, they start out with Hawaii. That should be a pretty easy win. LSU game at home, we're all going to tune into that because that's basically the first big game of the year. That's, that's a coin flip, in my opinion. Fresno State should be a win. I think they go to the farm and they can win. Arizona State's going to be a brawl, but they get Arizona State at home. On the road at Arizona is a win. Washington away, that's looking like a loss to me. Oregon at home, coin flip. I'll probably lean the Ducks. I think they lose at Utah. Colorado, the sneaky team we just spoke of. USC on the road, that's a loss. Cal at home. I actually have these guys at seven. So I have them going seven and five. That schedule to me is too tough to bet an over. If I were to lay a bet, I would probably lean the under and hope they slip up and go six and six somewhere. What did you say, Matt? I'm sorry. I apologize. What did you say you're reading off the Vegas number on them? Seven. Okay. That's where I have it too. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I have. I think the whole season is the stretch from September 25th to October 30th. The month of October for them is brutal with really Arizona being the only kind of breather and Arizona comes off a bye for that game. Now, granted, they don't have anything to fight UCLA with, but you know, you start at Stanford on September 25th, Arizona state at home at Arizona. Like I said, that's good. That's kind of a huge trap game spot. And then at Washington, Oregon at Utah. I mean, that's 
that's tough. That's about as tough as this conference can offer. Um, but when you look at it, it's, it's a good team. I mean, they played really well last year. Yeah, the run defense is good. They, they basically took a big step forward, um, kind of with Kelly's schemes to get better. And if you can stop the run in the Pac-12 this year, you're going to be in games. They also had a ton of sacks. So they, they basically created a lot, a lot of havoc uh, defensively. But they still gave up some points. But, you know, especially the back end of the year, minus six in turnovers in the four games they lost. And that comes down to the quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He's got to play better. Like, you know, he was good, but he's got to be better in these big games for them to kind of take that next step and surprise people. Um, they return lots of people everywhere. I think 10 starters on both sides of the ball. They only lost seven lettermen altogether. So it's a nice little sleeper team sitting here, uh, especially if you're not really strong on Utah and Arizona State. Like you mentioned, there's some kind of – no one really knows how to slot these four, next four teams. Um, so you can definitely – uh, have something they just got to get through that brutal stretch I mean this is probably the there's some tough schedules in this league and this is, might be the toughest yeah I think you guys said it well there because the magazine I have and I'm looking at they have Arizona State as the number one team in this in this spot in the in the south here so like Jason just said a lot of these teams you could really move around what you think yeah I think it comes down to the quarterback again I think the kid's really talented uh, he's been there, should really kind of understand the system now, very athletic. Running backs are deep. Brown was very good. Sneaky guy that came out of Michigan, because I'm a Michigan guy, Charbonnet, transferred, left Michigan, came out there. It seems like if anybody ever transfers out of Michigan, it seems like they end up out at UCLA for some reason. So I don't know what's going on there. It's like a triple-A team or something maybe. I don't know. But they like going out to the West Coast. Very good. Um, wide receivers are okay. Looking at, they do have a really, I think it's Dolce, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, tight end. Very good tight end. Offensive line is should be pretty experienced. Defense is probably the best defense uh, system or like overall team that Chip Kelly's had over the last couple of years. Vegas again, Matt said it seven. They're favored in six. I got them at six. Spot on. I can't, I can't argue with that. Um, the only thing I did see is they rate really, really well across the board in every like statistical category. The only spot they're lacking on is special teams and they have Chip Kelly rated as the sixth best coach, which I don't completely buy, especially now that he has four years. He's got all of his kids in there. I, like I said, when we started on these guys, I can't see them going over seven just because of the schedule. It's still a no play. I, I, I think if you look at this, you have to lean the under at six. No, I, I well said there. Cause this, you know, the thing we've said this before in college basketball and college football, you got to give your guys some time to get their people in. And Chip Kelly runs a really different style, you know, really fast pace. I think I think he's going to do well, and I think they got to just keep sticking with them because I think they're going to turn it around here with them too. I, I think UCLA is in good shape. I think Chip Kelly's a really good college coach. Wasn't a good NFL coach, but good college coach. So what's the line on the LSU game September 4th? I Right, again, now this is old, but I was going to say that too. I, I have at plus four. Now I could look it up and see what it is updated now, but I'm looking at plus four. And that's – Matt said that that's that's the big one. I mean, that's going to be a great game to watch. 
man, if they can steal that and they can take a game off the big, powerful SEC, man, that's a confidence builder going in. That's week two. You can do that. And you're going to be feeling good about yourself. What's what I mean that I like I love UCLA plus four there I, maybe even money line I just you know we've never seen these SEC schools travel and play and especially on the West Coast at night you know it, uh, that's going to be I definitely like UCLA there a little pizza money money line on that one um, yeah if, if they can take some games out of that brutal stretch of the schedule this is this is a team that definitely could surprise. Yeah, I'm just I, I I jumped on the one book here, Jason. Not to cut you off there, but I'm looking. Um, uh, what from the VEASAN thing I'm looking at 16 and a half. Um, so, and looking off the book, it's still 16 and a half over under uh, 69 points in the Hawaii game with UCLA. So I'm going to try to find the next one. I mean, if, again, if you guys want to move on and I'll try to find that and I can just kind of bring that up in conversation, but you know, that's a game. I think UCLA can put a ton of points on Hawaii. Oh, right. LSU. I know we were talking about I brought but I brought up that game. Yeah. Here's the here's the LSU UCLA. I it is at plus UCLA is plus four. Yeah, I'd like that. And the over-under is 70. I probably like that, the under, but yeah, UCLA not quite playing as fast as they used to because yeah, I think yeah. everybody plays fast now. Yeah. All right, let's keep rolling. Let's go. So, Smitty, I know you're high on these guys, and I'm pretty sure Jay Cam is too. We're going to go to Sparky. We're going to go to Arizona State Sun Devils. Maybe the third best team, maybe the first best team. Uh, Herm, back for his fourth year, he's really got this team arrow pointing out. I am actually shocked at how well a job he's done here. These guys have 20 returning starters, and I believe everybody is back on the defense. The problem for me here is the Vegas line is nine. That's high. I actually see them probably. I mean, in my opinion, their floor is eight wins. Nine looks like the number. And for me to go double digits on these guys is actually really tough. Now, we've had nothing but quarterback controversy or non-strong quarterbacks so far. This is the first team where you have a really solid quarterback coming in. You got Jaden Daniels. Herm's going to Herm's gonna win. He's going to beat most of the opponents you line up against him, but he's going to have a trap game, I believe, in here. So out of the gate, Southern Utah, UNLV, BYU, Colorado. The first really, really tough game is going to be at UCLA. They could start off 4-1. They got Stanford at home on the road at Utah. Then they finish up with at home Washington State. At home, their big rival, USC, coming into town. They have to go on the road to Washington should be an easy game going up to Corvallis against Oregon State, and they finish against Arizona. So if they can beat one of the two big boys, if they can beat USC or Washington, I think they can get the 10 wins. I'm not going to trust it. I actually have these guys on the number at nine. So I got these guys at nine and three this year. Just not to cut Jason off, um, I was just looking. Again, I have them looking at the one thing, Matt, at eight and a half, but I just jumped on a book here, and they do have them at nine. So I just yeah. kind of – so you try to find – Eight, eight, and, a eight half and a half would be, would be a great number again. Yep. Go ahead, Jason. Sure. Um, yeah, no, you look at last year, they, they lost to two L.A. teams, and they got someone fired. <laughs> it's always nice when you get your rival completely destroyed, basically. And they came back against the Beavers, and it – they had a ton of transfers come into this program to kind of subsidize their depth. 
um, basically almost every position unit has somebody who came from somewhere else to kind of really make them a pretty deep football team. Um, you know, the defense, 25% of their drives last year ended in uh, turnovers. Now that will regress. You can't always rely on turnovers for stops. They're going to have to play a little bit better. The numbers were good from a points perspective, not so great from a yardage perspective. That's probably going to balance out a little. So that's some of the aggression I know that uh, Matt anticipates with them. Um, the offense looks good. Like you said, you have a proven quarterback. The skill position units are pretty good. Um, need some better play from wide receiver, but they have some highly re recruited kids there. Um, you know, the schedule, they go to Washington, they go to Utah, they go to UCLA. That's going to be rough. Um, that little late last second last week game against Oregon State up in the cold in Corvallis could be interesting, especially a week after Washington. That's a big time trap game. Um, yeah, the eight and a half, nine, it, it, that's really where I see this team at. But I could also see them doing better if they can win at UCLA and at Utah early. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. You know, they scored 40 points a game last year, only gave up 23. You know, kind of a team that we would like to have seen more. COVID kind of stole them away from us. So uh, definitely is a team I'll be watching late at night, uh, probably betting late at night. Yeah, I love the quarterback. Daniels is really good, uh, very good with the ball. Doesn't turn the ball over if you look at his numbers. Running back White is um, not a bad back. They have pretty good depth there too. You know, I think it comes back. They're favored in 10 games. And two of the games are not what I've been looking at at Utah. It's only two and a half Washington plus two. So even the games are not favored in it's really, really close. Now the big thing is they do as the NCA staring at some things with them. There was some uh, maybe some problems going on there with the, with Herm and some of the coaches doing some things there that, and the NCA is weird. You never know. Keep an eye on the sanctions with them. Could that NCA sometimes, you never know when they're going to pounce on a team and that's scary. And hopefully they don't during the season at all. They let them play out here. So, you know, like I said, I, the, one of the magazines I have, they have them as the number one team here in the South. So 19th overall favorite in 10 close games that they're not favored in. I have them at the nine win mark so again it'd be a push if you're looking at the nine like we talked about if you can get an eight and a half maybe it'd be a good play love it um so we're gonna finish up with our last two teams and the only reason i kept the number two team here is because i'm personally really high on these guys so we're gonna go with the utah Utes. vegas total over under eight and a half team wins i actually think kyle winningham is the best coach in the pac-12 I think Shaw's probably up there with them, and Herm's probably just trailing behind them. They return 19 starters. They are solid across the board. They have a good quarterback, not great. He might excel under Winningham. Kyle's always done some really good things with his QBs. They got the transfer Charlie Brewer in from Baylor. I actually personally put a bet. I checked my account. I put a bet on these guys on June 11th to win the Pac-12. And I got them at plus 1,200. So before the show, I dug in. Now they're at plus 500. So I got an amazing number on these guys. I'll be rooting hard for these guys. I'm a fan. I think their skill line on the O line and the D line is the best in the conference. And that alone in the trenches, I think they're going to win some games that people are going to write them off against some of the big boys. I think they can steal a game against USC this year. If I go over the win total, that's an easy bet for me. I think they get to nine. I think that's their floor. I actually think 
two teams in this conference are going to get the double digit wins. I don't think it's going to be Arizona state. I think it's going to be Utah and USC. And then Utah is going to get the tiebreaker by beating them. My opinion, Utah wins the pack 12 this year. Lock it in. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm maybe not quite as high, but it, it's really hard to argue. They get all the hard teams at home with the exception of uh, USC. And uh, they seem to have a pretty good um, idea how to beat USC. They're just extremely solid. The special teams weren't great last year, but they're usually always good. The lines are great. You know, almost every position, uh, they're deep and talented. They've added a bunch of transfers similar to Arizona State to subsidize some things. Uh, they had the tragic loss with the running back in the offseason, who was clearly going to be a star. He was going to be probably their bell cow. Um, it, I, to me, this whole team comes down to Charlie Brewer, uh, the transfer from Baylor, who's you know got some experience, has played big games in the Big 12, uh, high-profile games. And I think this is a better fit for him than Baylor. They're not going to ask him to do nearly as much. He kind of was the whole offense uh, for Matt Rule when he was there. And I don't know if he's that kind of quarterback, but here in Utah, they're going to have the running game around him. You know, he's going to be more of a game manager and they're going to rely on him just to win games late when they need them. I think that's going to be a much better role for him. So yeah, this is a really solid team. The schedule sets up pretty favorably. It gets off to an easy start because I don't think BYU is going to quite be as good as they've been in the past. And San Diego state really can't score. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think this is probably the team that comes out of the South and uh yeah, I mean, they last year kind of got lost with all the COVID stuff. They were the last team to play of all of them, and they really kind of were kind of scrambling around just to get games in. So uh, this is a really good team. Like you said, Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in the Pac-12. He doesn't get the same level of recruits as some of the other ones do, and he's playing at a really, really high level and has for a couple of years now. So, Smitty, what do you think? Well, man, I'll tell you what, the Utah fans better be, uh, maybe we should uh, tag them on when we release this show because I am right with you boys here. This is my favorite team in the South. They're going to win the South. They're going to win the Pac-12. I love this team. I'm Matt got an unbelievable number there. My goodness. October 9th at USC is the big one. I have them here looking uh, eight and a half as Vegas with the win total. Their favorite in 10 games. I have them at 10 wins. I would even maybe lean to 11 wins. I love this team. And like Jason said, it comes down to Brewer. And I think he said it perfectly there. This is a better system for him at Utah. Best coach, the running back, you know, they brought in some transfers. Horrible story. Tough what happened with the kid there because the kid was going to be a star. And I like some of their wide receivers. Offensive line is improving. That could be the key, but I think they'll be okay. Defense should be fine. I love this team. Take them. I'll take the over. I might jump. This is my team in the Pac-12. I love this team. They're going to win the Pac-12. All right, four quick points out of all this. All that was fantastic. So Brewer is going to do better in this system, and here's another reason why. They might have the best tight end in the country in Brant, and I'm not going to try to say his last name, K-U-I-T-H-E. No, that's Jason's job. That's Jason's uh, job. Yeah. He led them in receiving last year. I'm, I mean, if Brewer needs a safety blanket, that kid's going to get open. Kaminsky did nail the special teams. Last year was not so good. They have reportedly, I know this is on paper, the best punt returner this year and the best kicker should improve their special teams. That should get them an, an additional win. And not only is their O-line good and improving, they rank the fifth in the nation, meaning they're the best out of this conference by far. 
Love it. Great, great side info there. Very nice. All right. Let's wrap it up with what is reported the best team in the Pac-12, and that is the USC Trojans. Now, there is an asterisk for me. Even though I love Utah, I actually do love this team as well. Vegas line I got is eight and a half, and that was at plus 100, even money. I bet this already. I'm betting USC to go over eight and a half. I think this is another team that can get the 10 wins, but I think they lose the game to Utah, which means they lose the conference then to Utah. Well, not the conference. They lose that division. They rank so well across the board. They probably have the best quarterback in the conference. They probably have the best overall recruiting and talent in the conference. But can they put it all together, all their rankings and the eight skill set positions across the board, all in the top four? They're going to be excellent. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They have a huge following, a huge fan base. They get the pub when it comes to the bowl eligibility and making the final four. I just don't think they get it done this year. I do think they go over the eight and a half wins. Yeah, no, they're loaded. Um, you know, Clay Houghton has recruited well. Um, you know, that's definitely something he has not struggled with with his program. He's definitely got people everywhere. 16 but barely highly touted in the last recruiting class. Um, quarterback's really good. I think the biggest thing they have to do is protect him. Um, trying to look at now 15 sacks last year. Now, granted, they throw the ball a ton, so that's not a high percentage. But those hits add up, even though that's, you know, not a high percentage of attempts, that's still 15 times he got thrown to the ground very hard. And, you know, they have highly recruited kids behind him, but Slovis is going to be the key to this offense. I hate the air raid for this team. You know, air raid is one of those offenses you run when you don't have the same level of guys as everybody else. That is not a problem for USC. They can recruit whatever they want, whenever they want. It's one of those richest programs. They struggled scoring points. They put up a ton of yards didn't convert it nearly as much as they should have. That cost them in games. Um, the defense is loaded. Same thing where, you know, you look at the guys they are going to go to the NFL, but probably going to play in the NFL, but on the field, not nearly as good as they should be. 26 points a game. That's okay. They could be better than that. 370 yards a game, you know, but um, 4.2 a rush. I mean, nothing really stands out there. So, you know, they kind of just need to do better as a coaching staff because they have the best horses of anyone in this league. You know, the schedule, they've got the high-profile game at Notre Dame in mid-October. You know, two weeks before that, they play at Utah. You know, if things go great for them, you know, they're going to be, what, 8-0 going into – or 7-0 going into that game, and they're going to be in the top five, and they're definitely going to be in the conversation for a playoff spot. Um, and then it gets a little harder after that. You know, they still have to go play UCLA at home. They go to Arizona State, which has kind of been a bit of a bugaboo for them. Um and they finished with BYU, which shouldn't be much of an issue this year. But, again, another higher-profile game. Um, like I said, if you looked on paper with just the recruiting, this is the best team. But Utah is just way more solid. And I just think that Utah will end up nudging them out, uh, granted all the talent that USC has. Yeah, they're favored, in, they're favored in 10 games. I mean, this is a very talented team. Uh, you know, it comes down to me, the quarterback. The quarterback is so talented and has so much ability, but there's at times you kind of scratch your head on where he throws the ball. So if he can have a great year, this team could take off. If he has those head scratcher throws at times, then uh, this could be a little bit of concern. Again, their favorite in 10, I got him at nine. I think they'll win nine games. I think they're going to be a very good team. 
Um, I like Utah a little bit better than them, though. So give them nine wins for me with uh, USC, but a very talented team. So okay, are, they, go ahead, are buddy. they favored at Notre Dame and Arizona State? Uh, say it one more time, Jason. Are they favored at Notre Dame and Arizona State? Uh, looking right now, again, this is older info, but they had Notre Dame plus eight and at Arizona State plus one. Okay, interesting trend. As a road dog, they're two and nine under Helton. So not really good in that spot. That's going to be a factor in both of those games. So I got two other tidbits. So uh, a thing to look for is last year. I mean, last year is kind of the anomaly, but even so, they had three and a half net close wins. That mm. probably will not continue. You can probably bump that down to two and a half. Maybe, maybe even just flatten it out at two. That's probably not going to stay there. And BYU, uh, we spoke about them a lot. BYU plays five Pac-12 teams this year. So anybody listening, please do your homework on BYU because you're going to see them a lot if you're a Pac-12 fan. You guys got anything else to hit on the Pac-12? No, I mean, great point. We did talk about BYU. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit down, but, man, they're like another team in the Pac-12 we were joking about. They play a lot of teams. So, no, I think we did. We drilled a boys. And, you know, the nice thing, too, man, we're really close. This was one conference here that I think we were very similar with some of our thoughts, you know. We'll have to try to maybe uh, Q can uh, put them out. Q had to go into work tonight so he could not join us. We did not get his uh, calls on this. Hopefully, um, see if he's close on some of our thoughts with that. But, yeah, I thought overall we were really similar with some of the teams. Sweet. Well, here's a here's a little note for you. We have 13 days till first kickoff. Nice. That's, so excited. That's going to fly. And I know, Smitty, uh, before we sign off, I know you wanted to do a little shout-out here, so go for it. Yeah, I'd like to do, a, like, maybe two really quick, but um, – if you notice, we did change our design of notebook wagering, and I just want to give a plug to um, the gentleman that did that. His name's Joe Butera. He is a friend of mine, very talented guy. I mean, the guy, if you're in a, if you're in a business and you need a design, if you're in a podcast and you need a design, check this guy out. Um, this guy is just very, very talented. Um, good friend of mine. And that's not the reason why we picked him to do it. He's just that talented, but on Instagram, it's Joe Butera's design. So J O E B U T E R A D E S I G N Joe Butera design. Check it out. He posts a lot of different uh, things that he's worked on. You'll see our notebook wagering there on the site, on Instagram, a talented guy, hardworking guy and we were very fortunate for him to do some work for us so check him out and we're going to plug him a couple times over the next couple shows because um if you need it he's your guy so check him out and again i'm going to plug us one more time and go check these shows out i know they're longer shows a little bit but man it's a lot of information we were very lucky to have skippy on last week with us to do the mac we support his show he supports us great information on the mac we, the SEC, we killed it. We had Steve Tannehill on. We're going to knock out the ACC. We're going to knock out the Big 12. And if you are a guy or anybody, a female that likes to bet and take over-unders for the season or just need some information and you don't have time to go get a magazine or check anything out, listen to our show and you're going to be covered. 
Yeah, check out our personal Twitters too. We have uh, Kaminsky's at JCAM34. It's uh, at Smitty Bucks, B U C S. And I am, if you follow Matt, and it's at Q Mills. Don't forget, follow us at Notebook Wagering. We hope we helped you guys out with a little Pac 12. Be well, kill your bookies. Good question. Can any of these teams make the playoff? Yes. Yes. City. Utah. It, if, a, if a Pac-12 team gets to 11 wins, 11 and one, they should make a playoff. Yeah, I can't really disagree. I think that's actually true this year. So, yeah, yep. well, it'll be interesting. I think it's been a, a bit of a just a drought, so we'll see if it happens. All right, boys. Great stuff. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.